Hey, what's up? This is Andrew Barrick. <laughs> My favorite food is bread because it's not spicy. What's up, pals, and long time no speak. It's your loyal host, Hannah Bowers, and we are back with the new 2023 season of the Pal Podcast. I took a little break, see, after the end of the year because I had a lot going on and I didn't want to rush into anything or do it mindlessly or unintentionally or pressure myself into doing anything. I wanted it to come from a place of just pure love. So I took my time. Most notably, I was getting everything ready to launch my YouTube channel, which, yeah, that's right. We are crossing platforms now. We are multimedia, audio, and visual. It's up, it's running. That has been a super fun project for me. If you're curious to get some more in-depth updates of my creative projects, my life, and wisdom on personal and professional growth, you can head to YouTube to check that out, youtube.com slash at the Hannah Bowers, which is my handle on everything. But we're not here to talk about me. No, we're here to introduce the first guest of the 2023 stint of the podcast. Longtime friend, big pal supporter, and deep well of creative talent and passion, Andrew Barrick. Andrew Barrick is an independent artist and filmmaker born and raised in San Diego, California. He has been writing, recording, releasing, and performing for many, many, many years under his name, Andrew Barrick. So if you want to look him up now or during or after the episode, that is what you'll look up. Not only a musician, Andrew also recently began working as a videographer, photographer, and editor on a wide variety of award-winning films and documentaries, including the Netflix documentary Making Fun, The Story of Funko, which also debuted as best documentary at the San Diego Film Awards. So very cool, very prestigious, Andrew. He's continued to work with advertising agencies, beverage companies, record labels, music venues, touring musicians, nonprofits, and so many more types of people and organizations at his own media agency that he founded, Full Wave Creative. On this episode, we talk about his most recent musical release, a three-song EP called Man on the Move, which came out in February. And that's part of a greater album that he has on the way. We also talk about the creative, musical, and mental journey that was coming to this album, especially as it's been three years since his last release, which if you do the map, puts us right at the beginning of that young pandemic. So what an interesting time to be a human, let alone an independent musician. It's very inspiring to hear the wisdom he's gained on his creative journey, and I think that there is a lot to get from this conversation. On a technical note, we recorded this episode in the new studio of the new house that I am living in, which is cool and exciting and fun, but also means that the room is pretty echoey because there's not a lot of stuff or decoration in it, which if you understand audio, you know that means that there's just a ton of reverb and nowhere for it to go, but bouncing off the walls and back into the microphone. So just a heads up that you'll hear that audio quality, but that's not gonna stop us from doing our thing. So I'm not gonna hold you back from this epic conversation any longer. Here we go, folks. I introduce you to Andrew Barrick. One of the first songs I learned was um, Good Riddance, Time mm-hmm. Your Life by Green Day. That's a good, which, you know, good G, first C, song. D, and the other ones. But I have those chords engraved in my brain. Mm-hmm. So those are the references that I use for pitch. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. I, I know certain songs, and I can tell when I hear a note played in a certain way, but not guaranteed every time. Like a note played will remind me of a song that I've written or a song that I know the chords to. And I'll be like, oh, that's E. I know that. But if 
it play it was played in any other way i couldn't recognize like i can't recognize all e's are all e's are not made the same my favorite thing to do is right before i play a song hum the note that i think it's going to start at Mm -hmm. that's a good exercise you can either start feeling really good about yourself or really bad about yourself very quickly i do that practice with myself i did it it's not even a practice it's just like a fun game to me like Let's say like my friends are like jamming and I'm coming in and I'm like, okay, let's find where we are. Like they're not going to tell me. And I'm like, Boom. and if it's right, I'm like, oh my God, I am a God. Yeah. And then like, oh my God, HB. Like, Whoa. Whoa. And I was like, yeah, it's just another Tuesday, whatever. Yeah. That was the, that was the lesson that I left off at when I was, I took piano lessons for like 13 years and where we stopped was at practicing like pitch guessing or whatever you call that practice. So that was the, I never got that lesson completed. You know, I've been on my own ever since. Well, what are we doing recording this podcast? We got a piano right here. Let's play <laughs> this We got shit to learn, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to start the podcast. Uh, my name is Hannah Bowers. This is the PAL podcast. And today I am with my friend, Andrew Barrick, who I have known since college. We went to college together, studied music together. I think you studied music, right? I, actually, I think I did. Yeah. I don't know what you studied. I just know. I did. I, yeah. You're a music industry I got student, a BS right? in the music industry. Okay. Did you have a minor? Uh, no. Okay. No, I think I was going to do a marketing minor and then I realized there was more school involved. Yes. You wanted less school. I just wasn't down for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I totally understand. Totally understand. Less is more. <laughs> in, in that regard, when yeah. it comes to academics, yes, if you're a music student, yes. So if you're listening, <laughs> if out there's there, other areas yeah. of your life, it does not mean less schools, right? Better school of life. School is fun. No, no, no. I I enjoyed some elements of it, like yeah. meeting great people. Yeah. So you you played with a band in college. I got lucky because Trevor McCracken, other good friend, um, he heard the music, wanted to be involved. We became good friends. And then it was kind of like the two of us. Then when we had opportunities to play bigger shows, I would get, you know, Isaac on the sax mm-hmm. or uh, Michael Blatsky on the sax. Um, had a couple of different drummers, had a couple of different bass players. Um, it's just always more fun. Not to play. every band has a sax player. You dropped that really casually. As though it was a fundamental piece of the it instrumentation was. for every band. For you, I guess it, it was, was fundamental. Do you still play with a sax player? Not as much. Not as much. I just had an album release show or EP release show. And the band Heaping Teaspoon that I had play right before us, they had two saxophone players. And the whole time I was like, I should have asked them to play during our mm-hmm. set. Because being San Diego born and raised, you get so inspired by... Jazz 88.3 and like all the the cool sounds of jazz and Mm. like, you know, San Diego music or whatever. So horns are kind of a natural thing. Shout out to Jason Mraz. Um, But as the (laughs) progression of my music kind of was developing, I'd have saxophone and songs like Prove It To Me, which is kind of more of a a rock song, Mm -hmm. but still have sax at the end for a solo just because I felt like it was fun. But on the new stuff... On this three-part series of Man on the Move we're going to do, um, I think I'm going to have trumpet on one song, and that's probably it. Got you. Um, I want to give the listeners a little bit of context. That's a good idea. Um, as to who you are in your words. So I'm going to ask you the famous question that I ask everybody when introducing themselves in the Powell community, whether it be podcast event or otherwise. And it's a three-parter. And there's no right or wrong way to answer it. So I'm going to ask it and you take it from there. Who are you? 
What do you do? And why do you do it? Hmm. Okay. Uh, as you know by now, my name is Andrew Barrick. I'm born and raised in San Diego, California. I love playing music. Music is a huge part of my identity. Along the way of like my musical journey, there were a lot of people that I learned from that kind of stopped playing guitar, stopped pursuing that element of their life, and I just like never wanted that to be me. So, you know, maybe subconsciously that was a driving factor, but um, music is such a big part of my identity that I wanted to keep it going. Um, what do I do? I, I, I play music. I'm a filmmaker. I do documentaries. I work with brands uh, in San Diego. And why do I do it is because I feel like it's the only thing that I want to do. Being involved in the arts, being involved in connection, um, music is something that like is really easy to connect with people over. And especially like when you're the musician yourself and you can, you know, portray your feelings and your thoughts and your emotions. And like someone such as Hannah Bowers over here can understand that on a musical level. Like I love having those types of connections with people, like real raw connections. Something about being in the music world and the music community, it's, it's a good feeling and I'd like, I never want to leave it. So I've chosen to stay. And, stay where uh, the good feeling is. Yeah. You found yeah. the good feeling. Yeah. When did you find the good feeling? When did music, you realize that that was it for you, that that was your passion, your thing, your worlds? Yeah. I started playing guitar when I was like 13. And then through, you know, middle school, I'd learned how to play guitar. And then into high school, um, started taking it a little bit more serious. But it wasn't really until like college, I kind of started playing out a little bit more because I realized like, just playing guitar could probably only take me so far. So then I was like, I should probably start singing. So then I started singing, then I started playing shows, and it was just kind of like a natural progression of, you know, um, it, it almost kind of just like happened to me. But I also knew like being involved in music and, and that world was something that just always felt right, mm -hmm. especially being surrounded like at USC with all the amazing creative people and friends and like, being able to just walk to someone's house and like jam in their garage, like I miss that so much. I was gonna say, are you yeah. still doing that? No, not as much. I, I miss it. Think every about day. that all the time. That's one of my favorite things that I miss that I'm I'm trying to get back in some way. You know, like I wanna live in a community or an environment that is conducive to just dropping by my neighbor's house and like making something cool, you know? Or like making them avocado toast and coffee and then recording a podcast. Like if you live down the street and I was like, hey, Andrew, you want to come do this today? Like that's the kind of life that I want to live where it's just you're going with the flow, no rigid schedule. You're just making something new every day with the creative people that are around you. It's been missing for sure. I mean, like, you know, the environment that you surround yourself in is it's a really important thing. Um, you know, you, you need to stay inspired. And I think like people such as ourselves who we thrive off of inspiration. Like if we're not being fed that, like mm -hmm. it's just going to go downhill and it's not always easy to attain that inspiration. You know, when you go through the ebbs and flows of having it, not having it, having it, not having it, you learn how to try and give it, get it back because yeah. you remember what it was that gave you that. And I'm fortunate, like in the position I'm at now, um, the band that I have, we have a really awesome rehearsal space that feels very like relaxed and like, 
you know, there's a giant projector there. Like we could just like watch the office and rehearse, mm-hmm. which is super distracting. Great combo. <laughs> Great combination. Just scoring the office. Yeah. Hey, I've done that a couple of times and mm-hmm. it's been awesome. Um, but yeah, just like, you know, I've always been uh chasing that feeling of wanting to like walk into a room and immediately feeling inspired by like yeah. who you're with where you are and you know just trying to hold on to that feeling for as long as you can yes that is a really interesting point that reminds me of a feeling that i've had that i feel like almost i want to say every but you can't make that <laughs> claim um almost every creative person has that feeling of that inspiration is so special and it's so it connects you to a part of yourself that you feel so authentic without having to think about it you're not like this is who i am it's this and this and this it's just expressed you know it's just a feeling you know who you are without having to explain it and justify it and then that feeling goes away. Like you said, the inspiration ebbs and flows. And I feel like almost every creative person has had an experience where they think it's not going to come back. Have you ever experienced that feeling of, I don't know if I'm going to write another song again? Yeah, I actually was uh, ironically just mentioning that same point to someone yesterday, probably about a year ago. So one of my great friends, Brayden Wiggins, um, who's an amazing musician, before we kind of got into making the new music that I'm currently releasing, I remember having a conversation with him and being like, I think this is it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's next. Like, I haven't written a song in a long time I don't remember what I even have and like it was a terrible feeling but I'm also like I don't know like what what what's next and you know um the great thing about a friend like that is someone who can like really sympathize with it and also like give you the same advice that you would give yourself Mm -hmm. highly recommend finding a friend that you know can truly understand you it's a great it's a great thing um but one thing that I did to kind of shake that thought was just pull out like my notepad on my phone Mm -hmm. and so I started writing out all the songs that I still want to finish. Mm. Um, and now I'm looking at that electronic notepad. I'm like, how am I going to even get to all these? Yeah, I'd much rather have it be that, wow. but I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh yeah, that is a great song. That is a great song. Mm-hmm. Now all I really have to do is like write the lyrics. Mm. Um, but I have like really cool instrumentals for probably like at least another nine songs that are really... Uh, my own sound, you know, I've gone through different variations of the reggae pop or, you know, the beach rock or like pop rock or, you know, introspective indie kind of whatever. And now this stuff's a lot more of the like electro pop kind of like funky stuff, mm-hmm. um, more producer stuff that like during the pandemic, I got Logic, mm-hmm. which I thought was some expensive thing. And I guess it's just like a one time payment. Yeah, I, I did not know that relatively um, speaking quite cheap yeah so i was like really inspired to start doing stuff and mm-hmm. i wrote a whole bunch of uh really fun instrumentals and now i can look back at that and be like okay all it's gonna take is like that strike of inspiration for the melody or for the lyrics and stuff like that so that's that's something that's really helped me so if you're listening to this and you're not sure what's next for you i highly recommend writing down what you have Cause we all have those moments of like, I'm going to be unstoppable. Take that, 
write it down so when you don't feel unstoppable, you can refer back to that time and Mm -hmm. be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah, just it sounds like reflecting on a time where you were in that like abundant state of inspiration. Like it's everywhere. It's actually kind of feels like too much, you know, like what am I going to do with all this? And knowing that like that time existed, there's no reason that, you know, it can't exist again. Like I am connected to that version of myself. That's still possible for me because it happened once. It can happen again. Very interesting. And it sounds like it was also a, a good tip to have, like you said, that good friend, that like sounding board reflection. I know I have a bunch of friends like that where if I'm feeling lost or confused about what's next or about what's going on and you just have a conversation with somebody that really knows you, maybe that's known you for like a really long time and they can help you remember who you are. And it sounds like that particular friend helps you remember who you are and who you were wasn't that momentary version of Andrew Barrick that wasn't writing any songs. It was that version of Andrew Barrick that is so much bigger than just that one moment. Yeah. Chase the inspiration when you have it. But if there's anything I've learned about not having it, it's like, how do you best prepare yourself for when you're in the slow seasons? Mm-hmm. Referencing the In Seasons album that I wrote, like that was the first concept that ever made sense to me to encapsulate more than one song because that kind of was birthed out of not feeling inspired at all. And then like hearing the phrase like, you know, like, oh yeah, we're just in seasons. And I'm like, oh, that's right. It's going to come back. Like everything isn't lost. That's right. I forgot about that. And then like, oh my God, that flipped my whole perspective on like life, like everything. The seasons kind of come and go in stronger waves at times, but you always have what you learn from the last one mm-hmm. to help you get through the next one. Yeah. What's cool how life kind of goes beyond that metaphor is like life is like seasons, creativity, um, emotions, just general phases of life. They are like seasons. But what humans have that like the earth doesn't, to my understanding of the earth, is like we carry the wisdom of every season past. And that kind of like elevates like every season to be more authentic or bring you more joy or just built up and stronger. So it's like layers of seasons. It's like a layered cake. Now we got two metaphors. Yeah. Seasons and cakes. I mean, hey, throw a little ice cream on the side. Like that's a done deal for me. <laughs> right on. What flavor? Vanilla. Vanilla ice cream? Keep it simple. What flavor is the cake? Um, hmm. Like uh maybe like chocolate peanut butter kinda. oh whoa oh, i've yeah. never heard of a chocolate peanut butter cake oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i love my favorite throw a little screwball combo in the, in the cake a what little screwball whiskey is that a, i was gonna say it's that like peanut butter like whiskey whiskey oh okay vanilla yeah, ice yeah. cream on the side got it mm. that sounds nice i could go for that right now cool great podcast so. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have some things to go take care yeah. of <laughs> i want to know so in seasons that was was that a, a album ep it was an album. album nine songs which i guess could be an ep but it's like a short form album kind of choose it's all, it feels yeah. so arbitrary you yeah. know and for those of you listening as to what's the difference between an ep and an album it was made up um they typically say like an ep is seven songs or less and then they also say an album is like 10 songs or more right 
And then you're like, well, what if it's between seven and 10 songs? Yeah. Well, then you can kind of decide. Yeah. I don't know. There's just, there's no real rules and no one's in charge of them. So the album, we'll call it, In Seasons, that came out when? That came out February 28th, 2020. Okay. So that was the last, correct me if I'm wrong, the last release that, musical release that you had. Yes. Before... Andrew just released another EP, EP. three song EP. Um, right now it's February. You released it what, like a week ago. Um, so we're celebrating that. Yay. Congratulations. High five. Boom. So what is going on now? What happened over the last three years? How do we, how did we get to here? I know that's a huge question. I think you can I just, answer it in yeah, any way. Well, I think I just, I don't know. I became like more busy and then understood. Well, it was also, so that was before the pandemic. In Seasons came out right before the pandemic. Right. My album release show was the week before everything shut down. And for a lot of people, for a long period of time, my release show was the last thing Mm -hmm. that they went to before the pandemic. Yeah. Which is like cool, but it's also like not cool. (laughs) It seems like, was that, and I know I'm interrupting my own question with another question, but I want to know. I'm here for it. Um, how did that affect your plans or your momentum yeah. to kind of have that happen then? Yeah. And like, we were kind of talking about this before we, in, in our, our pre-podcast, in our pre-podcast podcast, the um, exclusive content. One thing that I told myself is I'm never going to release music again without feeling prepared mm-hmm. because you go through so much work to even like, like I said, it's like. You got to write the song. You got to go through all the, the doubt and like have the patience to finish the song. You got to spend money to find a producer, find someone you trust. You got to like give it your all in the studio. You got to go through all these revisions. You got to like feel confident to release it. You got to do all the promo. You got to like everything. And then you put it out and then it's like, I have music and everyone's like, yeah, good for you. And then like next week it's like, hey, uh, now what do I do? Yeah. And like now it's a little different putting out music um, because, you know, things are happening and like, you know, TikTok's more of a thing. Social media is, you know, always kicking. But like when no one wanted to do anything, I mean, it also kind of really didn't feel appropriate to be like, I have music, I have music. And it's like, people are sick. And it's like, it's okay. We're in seasons. It's like, I'm just going to chill. Yeah. Hard to feel like we were in a season (laughs) at that time. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was really hard because, you know, I like felt like I was, and I'm sure everyone can relate finally accomplishing something and people were recognizing me for the musician person that I wanted to be. And then it was like, don't go outside. Don't do anything. Like your life is over. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to stay inside and like, now what? But then again, I got, you know, Logic and tried to write some cool instrumentals and I did. And then I kind of like decided to start focusing on like this new batch of music, um, you know, and all the pre-production stuff happened virtually for this over the pandemic man on the move is the new ep uh ryan maori and i we put in so much work in the pre-production because we wanted like the big thing for me that i wanted to be different on this new batch of songs is is like i don't want anything to be fake like i want all the tones to be real Mm. guitar tones specifically being Mm. a guitar player 
I didn't really want to go through like the DI box and mm-hmm. like find some like, you know, spongy sounding distortion, mm-hmm. you know, for those who know what that means. Um, <laughs> and Niche I wanted audience. like real tones and I yeah. wanted to crank that thing up to 13 and like go for it. Yeah. And so we did. The guitar and, tones sound amazing, yeah, by the way. I you. have been admiring that. Thank you. I've listened to it a lot. Thank you. Just so you know. Um, and it, yeah, I was <laughs> for sure <laughs> listening to your own. So, I mean, that's a thing that we do. Artists, independent artists, I feel like a lot. Like, of course, you're going to listen to your songs when they're out, you know? If I can listen to my song 100 times without getting sick of it, that's when I know mm-hmm. it's a good song. 100%. That's the test. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people would be like, dude, like, you should maybe chill a little bit. And yeah. Like, it's a good song. Just leave it alone. It's like, no, I need to make sure, like, everything. Yeah flows it needs to all make sense to me like i look at the spotify for artists and it's like you were in like someone's top 10 songs of 2021 and i'm like oh cool who is it click it me andrew barry (laughs) all right uh should i send them a sticker bundle yeah (laughs) yeah yeah being your own biggest fan you you know which is funny because i feel like also simultaneously we can be our own biggest critic yeah do you feel like you are that for yourself or are you just a fan? I would be afraid if someone else was my biggest critic because <laughs> I'm already pretty harsh on that. Yeah. I'm already, I'm already, uh, I, I've learned that it's important to let certain things go. I've really been trying hard to, to do that, but there's definitely still that like, why put it out? Why, you know, why release it if it's not going to be perfect? Like why, why go through all this hard mm-hmm. work and then put something out to where you're like, yeah. well, if only that section was really this yeah. instead of that, I think there's a level that you do have to let things go. Yes. But why not make it the most badass freaking thing ever? Yeah. It's like music is an expression of ourselves and yeah. like, I want to be fully heard and understood, you know, and every element that goes into a song Mm -hmm. paints the picture of the song and the lyrics. Mm -hmm. And then people listen to that song, they understand it, they interpret it. And then they look at you and then, you know, it's, it's a way of them understanding like your expression, you know? So I don't know. I just, I like to make sure that everything passes all my, you know, quality control things. Cause I don't want to leave any room for misinterpretation when someone's listening to me being vulnerable, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I have, I have several questions to ask from that. I don't know if we'll hit all of them. Um, but how do you find that balance of being very critical because you care about the quality to how do you know when you're done? How do you know when to stop? How do you know when to let go? Because I hear creative people, whether it's in music or not, ask this question all the time. Like, when is it ever done? Yeah, there has been, you know, especially when you do get into that, like, hey, we're 99% there, like, if only this, and push past that to where it's like, no, it's, it does need to be perfect. But I think what I try and take, uh, you know, a, a self-survey of is like, how much am I stressing out about this right now? And is it worth how I'm feeling right now? Yes, great. Which, like, there were a few things I was like, okay, this needs to be this, like, whether, like, 
any part of the release. I mean, I was like mentally beating myself up over it because I'm a solo artist and even promoting the show that I did and the, the poster that I made and like all that stuff. And I like was killing myself over it. And then like, cause it is a reflection of yourself. You do want to make it good. But then I was like, if I didn't do this, would I be okay? Mm-hmm. If that wasn't that, would I be okay? If this, if, if this song went out sounding like this, would I be okay? Mm-hmm. And if like I can say yes, mm-hmm. even if it's a, a yes and like a small and or mm-hmm. like but also kind mm-hmm. of thing, like mm-hmm. if the majority of that question is yes, mm-hmm. you got to learn to like let it all go. Yeah. Because I was like losing sleep over stuff. Like when it starts to control your whole mind and seeps into every conversation and I've tried to become a little bit more self-aware of like how much am I talking about myself how much am I talking about my work my music my this my that because I always have stuff going on Mm -hmm. so I've kind of tried to like you know take a small step back and be like okay is this dominating every conversation every thought that I have like can I do something else for five minutes without thinking about it. When it's taking over that much control, you either need to learn how to like let it go or figure out what's the one other thing you need to do to just fix it and be done with it. Mm-hmm. And then just move on because things will be fine. Yeah. No, I, I really appreciate that method. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that you have one, you know, because a lot of people don't know it's a work in progress <laughs> yeah and i'm sure if i asked recently you that, discovered <laughs> yeah if i yeah. asked you this in your next musical season and like your next album i'm sure you would have a different answer you know and that's honestly what i love about being a musician and being a creative person is like i have had this many experiences that have led to this level of like growth and wisdom And I'm going to have more experiences that teach me more and give me more experiences and wisdom. And I love that kind of leveling up, I guess, with every single project. You know what I mean? So like with that in mind, with this project, how have you quote unquote leveled up? Yeah, I mean, it's a team effort. It's it's not just me, you know, Ryan Mowry, my friend and producer you know, we, we leveled up separately and together. Um, I don't think it was like a forced level up. It was just like, you know, as we get wiser and get a little bit older and all those things, like, you know, and learn how to be more vulnerable as an artist, make different musical choices. Like it's kind of like more of a natural thing. Like you can't really force maturity mm-hmm. in music. Like, I don't right. even really know how you would do that. Right. Um, if you and find then it out, wouldn't be very know. it wouldn't yeah. be very mature if you're forcing <laughs> yeah. it, right? Right. Um, but like I don't know, it all it all just kind of like has to come together naturally. But I think like the evolution of yourself as an artist, you start to understand what do you want to talk about, how do you want to talk about it, how f- much further can you push it, um, and then like how do you again make sure that the instrumental supports the lyrics and vice versa you know, the level up was like going into, um, rarefied recordings in San Diego for three days, which is something we didn't do on the in seasons album. It was, we did like drums at blue dream studios, um, with Sam, um, engineering over there, Sam Bronner. And, um, then we did some stuff at like gray brick studio 
it was very like kind of piecemeal thing, but like 90% of it was it in Ryan's house. Mm -hmm. Vocals were done in the closet, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. For this one, we rented a studio out for three days and it was me, Ryan, and my friend Brayden. And we did all the drums, bass, guitar, um... And there's even banjo on one song. Oh, uh, hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's going to be cool. We put the sax down yeah, and we, we picked the, the banjo up. It was an interesting trade-off. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, going into it, like, with that mentality of, like, hey, boys, we're going into a studio mm-hmm. and, like, it's going to be legit. It, it just kind of makes you feel, like, it just makes you stand up a little taller mm-hmm. when you go into that kind of environment. Yeah. Um, so that's like one thing that we did to kind of level it up. And can I ask a question about that mm-hmm. for people listening that are musicians, independent musicians trying to make that decision, whether it's about their budget or their vision or just where they're at and their music, when do you know if you need to rent a studio for making music? Uh, How do you know if that's right for you? Is it necessary? When or why is it necessary? What would you tell to somebody that's considering that right now? Like, should I make this with my producer in our room or? Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, you just have to ask yourself, what are the limitations if we don't do it? Like, is there is there a reason? Is there a real reason you need to go into a studio? I mean, for me, it's like, yeah, I wanted to like, crank it up and that's something that we couldn't do in the you know previous studio situation that we had um which is fine when you say but, crank it up do you mean like volume yeah okay like literal amp, volume amp in the other room yeah yeah, yeah. Like, loud as I it can be like roy had like three or two yeah two mics on the amp and just an, a mic switcher mm-hmm. so we don't have to go do it like yeah. you know you crank it up to 13 and like just let it rip mm-hmm. um cool I wanted that like yeah. the song called for that and you know um you do need to start somewhere like you can't just I mean you know you can pay for it though and start there if you want to but like it's not necessary um the in seasons thing was done primarily at Ryan's house and like I'm still we're both very proud of that album mm-hmm. it's more about like who are the people behind the gear? Like, what is the gear? How can they make it sound? Like, mm-hmm. are you happy with those sounds? What can you do with what you have? And if you want to do more, then, you know, then you kind of have your answer. But it's not necessary. We're similarly, based off of what you just said, you were a solo artist, but you've identified your team. You know, you're like, I had this producer, this engineer, these other collaborators, what have you. As a solo artist, was have you always had that support? Were you trying to do it all yourself? When did you realize you wanted support and like what areas that you needed it or wanted it? What did that look like? I think that, you know, you can really only go so far by yourself, but also like there are people that, you know, are producing now that weren't producing 10 years ago um, when I still wasn't producing, you know, and I kind of maybe went more into like trying to write better lyrics or trying to be a better guitar player or honestly just doing more film stuff, you know, work. And and then there are the people that like went the other path of like, they were super passionate about that and they wanted to specialize in that. So as the years go by, you know, you've got your people who are like honing their artist stuff or honing other skills. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then you have the people that are still, you know, pivoting in ways, but also becoming a better producer or engineer or like what have you. Um, and then you just have to realize or understand at least like, what's the end goal here? What standard do I want to hold myself to? And can I do this by myself? Mm -hmm. I, I can't do that. I love making demos. I love making demos. Maybe one day I'll get to that point where I force myself to become a little bit more of a producer. Um, but there's also something fun about not needing to worry about that. Um, you know, pros and cons for sure. But like finding someone you trust, you know, and collaborating with people, mm -hmm. um, it's definitely hard because like, you know, I usually bring in the song at least 70% done. Songs aren't always done when I bring them in, but, um, I'll, I'll usually at least have a first verse and a chorus at least. And an understanding that that's a song that I want to finish and an understanding of what am I trying to say here, but I might not have what I'm trying to say yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, like man on the move, the title track, I only had the first verse in the chorus for that song. I didn't have wow. the second verse. We wrote that verse the day we recorded the vocals for it. Wow. Um, and I loved how it turned out, you know, it was a little bit of a, you know, collaborative thing. Um, you have to get comfortable with telling people, I don't really think that's the right idea for the song, mm -hmm. but you also have to be a little bit more open to like, if that lyric is in there, does it really hurt? Because mm -hmm. if it doesn't, maybe that's what I need. And if someone yeah. else is interpreting, interpreting my song this way, maybe it is beneficial to have in the song. Yeah. Um, so, so how does collaboration work for you? How have you found your version of it as a solo artist that you bring in bands or when you play live shows, you have a band that you play with, but it's your name. You know, I've had, I've walked that path. <laughs> um, you know, when sometimes I, I introduce myself and I'm like, oh, I'm Hannah Bowers. And then you listen and it's like, clearly there's other people involved. You know what I mean? But like the artist project is Hannah Bowers, you know, and that is my Hannah Bowers vision and my writing. And then, yeah, there's other people that collaborate along the way and support me in these ways. So how have you kind of found that balance with like the role that you play as like the solo artist? It's your name. It's your everything. First and foremost, when you're bringing anyone on to doing something that starts from you or is your name or whatever, like the only way to make it feel like it is going to be truly collaborative is to make sure that the other people know that they're heard mm -hmm. and feeling supportive, like supported is, you know, for me in like the band setting, I run into that problem all the time where I'm like, not necessarily run into the problem all the time, but I do, it does cross my mind where it's like, yeah, my name's on the marquee, but it's not me that got, like, I didn't put, I didn't do the show. I didn't sound like that. We sounded like that. But I think like, I really try hard to make sure that it's as easy as it can be to be involved in what I'm doing. So people want to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, at least speaking to like the band dynamic, 
I have a song structure thing with like, here's all the stops, here's mm-hmm. all the bass riffs and like that, mm-hmm. that fill happens here. And like, this is where like the guitar and the bass lock up. I have the chords written out. I've got the detailed set lists. Um, we've started recording our rehearsals. If there's a cover version that we do of a song that's different than like the actual recording, I just do a voice memo of it and I put it in there, like making sure that other people feel supported. Um, if it is your name, you know, cause otherwise like it's going to feel like work, um, which I'm sure naturally it does, but you know, it's not about having it feel like work. It's about having it feel like everyone's having fun. We're all here for the same purpose yeah. and like together we can do something bigger than someone could, you know, by themselves, which is kind of the main reason I need to get people involved. Like, for example, can't sleep. I don't think I can call myself a singer songwriter and then be like, hey, and check out this song. And it's like, can't sleep because I won't get it. It's like, yeah. it's a band. Yes. It's, you know, um, because that's how I hear it. That's the most accurate representation of that thought, that feeling, that song, that emotion. It needs to sound like that. Mm-hmm. And in order for it to sound like that, I need other people. Yeah. I want to just really emphasize some points that you made in explaining that for people listening, if they're trying to relate it to themselves, themselves, especially if they're not a musician, because of how much what you just said transcends to like all of humanity. <laughs> but this idea that like you have a shared purpose, like if I can just bold text that explanation that you said and the words just shared purpose or like bolded. Um, then we all come together and we do the things that we specialized in that note that you said earlier, like I have, I'm a singer songwriter and guitarist, you know, like these are the areas that like I have honed, that's me, but I'm going to need somebody else that's honed like drums. I'm going to need somebody else that honed mixing. And in this ideal world, you're like combining a bunch of people with a shared purpose, whether that be a song or a movement, a social cultural movement, a cause, a vision of how the world should be. And if everybody's out there doing their thing that they feel authentic and natural and doing that they love doing, and they're really good at doing, then we can make something really cool. We can make a really cool freaking song because everybody was like firing at like 10. We can make a really dope world if we are all there feeling supported, feeling seen and encouraged to do our thing the best we can do. If that song can exist, that world can exist. Which is why I love so much about what you do. Because, I mean, it's imperative to inspire community and creativity. We're all creative. You know, we know that. Um, At least we know that. But (laughs) (laughs) On a a deep level, I think everybody knows that. You know what I mean? People just need that push sometimes. Mm -hmm. I've always decided to you know, not as you kind of go through more life, it's easier to get more negative and a little more bitter and all that kind of stuff, a little jaded, but you also have to remember like, that's not actually you. It's not, you know, I'm definitely not perfect, but I do really try and remember that. And like me saying this out loud on a podcast is a great reminder for me to, uh, you know, practice it a little bit more, but like, I feel like we're called to open up that 
you know, path for other people and like let people go down that road and like be that person where like our purpose is letting other people know that they can too. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what I think you do so well, like with this podcast, with your whole community, like with your music, with everything that you do, it's like, it's not for you. It's for everybody else. Yeah. And I think like, as we mature in not just like, you know, being a musician, just, or maybe it's an artist, maybe it's a person, you know, as we mature in being those things, we, we do understand like, yeah, this journey is for us, but like we get the most fulfillment when other people can relate to how we're feeling. Like Mm -hmm. we get the most joy when like, when every single person in the room is feeling inspired and as fired up as we are, that's success to us. Like, it's not success in like a slimy way. It's like in a, in the most pure, like authentic accomplishment. Like Mm -hmm. we feel the most accomplished when other people feel the best about themselves. And like, that's what I love seeing you continue to do is like, cause it's hard. It's hard to do what you do and what we do and what anyone does really. But like, you gotta choose the path to like stay creative. You got to choose the path to, to continue to stay inspired because, and and inspire other people. Cause if you're not doing that, then like your happiness is just going to deteriorate, deteriorate. And so is everyone else is around you. Like we need to enter the room and inspire other people. And that's what I love seeing so much about what the PAL community and what you do is because like, you've never forgot that, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it takes that, audacity and that persistence to to keep it going yeah thank you and kind of what you were saying is like if you are feeling jaded about the world and that's what you put out there you know that's how you enter the room that's how other people are gonna feel too you know in some sense that we all like exude something that we have a level of influence that we can have on people and whether we influence them through music or art or our work if it's not necessarily creative or just a conversation with people the actions like strangers seeing each other in a grocery store and like how they interact with each other's you know what I mean like you have influence on everybody everywhere that you go and it's not just in your album you know we were talking about this on our pre-podcast before it's like how you show up and your values and your purpose for who you are and your greater impact that you have on the world, it's really, um, what's the word, concentrated um, in a album, in a project. But it doesn't stop when that album has, you know, it's not as like hot and new and fresh anymore because it's a part of a greater purpose. It's a part of how you influence people before, during, and after a release season, a musical season. So, um, I'm glad that you see that. I want other people to see that and other people to know that they have that power, you know? I think, you know, when you start out your artist journey or whatever, like the first things that you'll hear is, you know, maybe people like down the road, you know, you hear them say, find out what you stand for. Like, Mm -hmm. You, you need to know what you represent. Like you need to know, like, and it's like, damn, like how, how are we supposed to know that? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just like, maybe it's a little bit easier to figure out, but at least for me, like, you know, I think it just kind of was a culmination of like me just continuing to try and stay positive and inspire people. 
that it wasn't really until recently, you know, over the last like very recent years where I'm like, oh, like what I'm saying is resonating with people. They feel inspired, which makes me feel inspired. So maybe my purpose as not just an artist, but like a person is like to continue to inspire people. I don't know, like me realizing that has like shifted how do I want to be on social media? How do I want to be in a room? Like, how do I want to have conversations? How do I want to carry myself? Um, You know, it goes way beyond the music. It's the person, you know, and like there are role models like Andy Grammer is still a great role model of mine um, because, you know, no matter how big and famous or whatever he's gotten, like he's still a genuine person. And I believe that. And I know it firsthand. Like Mm -hmm. I've, I've had... Um, the opportunity to, you know, be with him a few times Mm. and he's a freaking great guy. And it's like, you look at that and you're like, it is possible to maintain that, you know? So why settle for anything less? Yeah, definitely. And also touching on this idea that we are more than just an artist, you know, we are more than you're a musician, you know, but your identity transcends way beyond just a musician, Um, which I guess ties into another area and question that I wanted to talk to you about, which is exploring this other aspect of your identity as a filmmaker, which you talked about at the beginning and saying like, oh, this is what I do and why I do it. And I feel like music got a lot, (laughs) a lot of noise. And then (laughs) filmmaker is like one word, you know what I mean? I am a filmmaker. And then you mentioned it one other time during this conversation, you're like, and in filmmaking, um, what part of your identity is the filmmaker part and how does it relate to these other parts of you? Uh, you know, I've always been really good at like iPhone photos and, you know, choosing the right filter. That's where it all started. (laughs) I mean, kind of though, but I like to trace this one and like same thing with music. I like to trace like where I ended up today back to like, where did it root from? You know, and a lot of that, like, it's like from my family, you know, my, my mom's mom was a, a huge uh, Elvis lover, but I think I got a, a lot of that kind of like diehard music person from her brain. Yeah. Um, and then like my mom uh, has tons of photo albums and stuff of photos she's taken from, you know, forever ago. Um, and I think like that probably, you know, also seeped into my brain and yeah, I've always been interested in, you know, making the shot look good and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was something that really just kind of after college, like I had an opportunity to get into the film world and it kind of was like the most uh, or the least inintrusive thing to the creative, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, do you want to do film? And it's like, okay, well, considering all the other things that could have been presented to me, like... I guess this one's like not a bad substitute. Mm -hmm. So, and I guess I became good at it. And, you know, I went from working, doing a lot of documentaries um, to working with like agencies and companies. And like now I'm back to freelancing again. The one thing I've had to tell myself is that like there could have been so many other paths I, I went down that probably would have not allowed me to still be a musician or maybe it would have been more difficult 
um, you know, even though it's still difficult, but filmmaking has opened so many doors for me musically. Um, you know, I like, I'm doing a, a documentary right now about independent music venues yeah. that came from me saying like, I don't think all these, uh, music venues are promoting themselves correctly. Like during the pandemic, I was like someone, there needs to be something bigger than like, Hey, support our Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, you know, so a buddy of mine, you know, we, we started this documentary and I've gone to over 40 music venues. We've interviewed, you know, Chris Shiflett. We've interviewed Noel Skaggs. We've interviewed, you know, uh, Will Levy from the story so far. We've interviewed Pepper. They are super rad. Mm. We've gone to music festivals like South by this whole thing. And during that, like, it was just a perfect example of me making connections in the music world. Mm-hmm. For example, like, um, you know, Pepper, it's like, I'm not going to just DM Pepper and be like, Hey, I'm a musician. Like, let's hang out in the same room one day. <laughs> yeah. No, right. <laughs> but it's like, Hey, I'm doing a documentary about independent music venues. I know you guys have a right. long history with that. And their manager was like, this is a great idea. Let's do it. Yeah. And I, that's like back yeah. to the idea of shared purpose too, by the way. Like if we hang out in a room together as musicians, like what, what's my purpose in that? You know, how does that serve me? Totally. Yeah. So, and it's like, you know, got to understand it's like, just because I'm in those rooms, I can't be like, hey, cool, thanks for the interview. So, like, here's my CD. Yeah. Like, no, it, right. if it comes up naturally, then great. You know, but more importantly, it's about fostering relationships and connections and not asking for anything. Mm-hmm. Being a friend, you know. Um, I've been able to tour with some really rad bands. Um, Through the Roots is a reggae band that I've um, done some work with and learned a lot from them um, about, you know, traveling on the road and kind of about like, you know, getting over like the mental, uh, boundaries of what do you think about yourself and what do other people think about you? And, you know, if you really do want to make it big or whatever, you have to stop caring about that because the audience ideally will keep getting bigger Mm -hmm. and you can't let that voice get bigger Mm -hmm. either. Um, I am doing a couple shows, uh, doing media for this band, Capiac, who's one of my favorite bands, and they're opening for Magic City Hippies, which, mm. you know, is in the top one, uh, 0.1% of their listeners. And, yeah, makes sense. Uh, it tracks. Yeah, it tracks. And so now I'm, like, you know, able to be on stage and, like, not get kicked off the stage because I've got the credential saying, yeah. like, I'm media, and I'm just there, like this is so cool. Yeah. And it's inspiration for me, you yeah. know, just like learning from the, all of them. Yeah. So, yeah. That That's really interesting. I, I hadn't thought about it that way, that it's sort I've of... I've had to learn that it wasn't a bad thing. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, the headline, not to interrupt, but that's the... Yeah. That it wasn't a bad thing that you pursued filmmaking as opposed to pursuing music? Or just like, it's not as harmful as it could have been. Yeah. Like some other job that like really you could not pull passion out of. Yeah. Like I'm a passionate guy. Mm -hmm. Film allows you to be passionate. You know, it allows you to still be inspired. It allows you to meet creative people, you know? So in being an independent musician, a lot of us struggle with like, okay, ideally this would be my full-time career. I'd make all my money doing this. And what you're saying is your experience is I made money doing something else, but it, it like, it actually really worked out for me. And it was something that like, I didn't have to like hate my job, work this like nine to five that was like completely irrelevant to what I was doing. That might be somebody's 
path, you know, it might serve them, but you really found something that served you like authentically that you were also really good at. That was also creative. So I love that as an example of like what an independent artist can do as a source of revenue to support themselves in, you know, funding their music and becoming a financially, um, you know, sustained, sustained (laughs) artist. Um, because it's like, it's, it's almost like an investment, if you will, like you have to like save up some money to, you know, spend money on your music. Being an independent musician can cost, oops, hitting the drums over here, but it's, it's a joke. Um, being, being an independent musician costs so much yes, it does. money. <laughs> um, what, what are your thoughts on just the business or lifestyle of like being an independent musician in this larger landscape that like is the music industry? Like, how do you feel about that? Cause I got plenty of thoughts, but I want to know yeah. how you feel. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I like to think about it and sometimes I don't because it's so overwhelming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like, Very. you know, my recent thought was like, okay, I just put out an album and I think like, you know, a lot of musicians can relate to this when you put out music or it's like, who's listening and like, when is it gonna grow? Like, and why, I mean, I've been releasing music really since like 2014, you know, so it's been like nine years, if not actually a little earlier than that. Um, I've had residencies at venues. I've played so many shows, you know, and then like, I'm still here just kind of like, okay, like I'm still in this, like, you know, what's going to happen? Where's it going to go? But then, you know, I was like watching, um, an interview with another band and, you know, there was like a music video from, you know, 2017 or 2014. And I was like, you know, they've been hustling for a long time too. And it's like, it is really just kind of about that persistency and, you know, refining your craft along the way but I think like, I don't know, maybe my, my answer is not as, uh, specifically pointed to like, you know, the music industry in general, but like, you just gotta be creative. Um, you know, a lot of what we were talking about earlier too, is just like finding your authentic voice, but also like an analogy that I like to think about, which kind of relates to the film thing is like, okay, you think about going into a building, um, everyone's going in the front door and there's a line in the front door. But if you become friends with like the people that like work at the venue or around the venue and they're like, dude, just come on in the back. Mm -hmm. Like, and you get inside to where you like want to be and where you feel like you belong and everyone's still waiting in the front of the line to get in because that's the only way that people know how to get in is the front door. Mm -hmm. So you have to, like it it can't be such a one-sided approach. I mean, I still struggle with that all the time, like per mm-hmm. our DMs, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like, dang, like what else do I need to do? But it's like, you really kind of do need to do everything. But if you feel burnt out, like I feel burnt out right now, you know, you kind of have to like, um, take stock and like, okay, I feel burnt out. Am I doing the right things? Am I burning myself out over the wrong things mm. is what I'm putting my effort into actually like helping any of this like past you know some likes on an instagram post Mm. like 
am I actually building a fan base right now? Because if I'm not and I'm putting so much effort into like falling short, you're going to continue to fall short. Like you need to, you need to evaluate, you know, something that I need to get better at too. But like, what are all the efforts giving back to you? Is anything happening? Like, are you getting a couple more high fives on the street? Like, that's cool. But like, is your music actually growing as much as you want it to? And if not, like maybe you need to pivot the strategy a little bit more. Like maybe you need to find another door to go into. There's many ways. Like I had a call with someone who works at a label and I'm like, I know there's no like one answer, but like, what do I do again? And he's (laughs) like, dude, you're asking the billion dollar question, man. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, you just got to keep doing, you know? Mm -hmm. So... What has been helpful for you as an independent artist in the last 10 years? What are some like tips and tricks that you have learned that you would want to share with somebody that is also pursuing the independent artist path? Stay true to yourself. Number one, don't let other people's voices and opinions distract you from feeling how you want to feel, writing the music you want to write being in the rooms you want to be in, talking with the people that you want to talk to. Um, you got to, you got to show up for yourself, number one. And, and I think the rest can follow after that. Um, then you surround yourself with like-minded people. You hang out with people in the pal community. Mm. Um, you know, like snaps, snaps, snaps. Um, you know, like you gotta, um, you have to build a community in some way or another, mm-hmm. you, you can't do it all yourself. And I think maybe the sooner you realize that, but don't come from a place of desperation, mm-hmm. which is hard because <laughs> yeah. you, you really do want to be a hundred steps ahead of where you are. Don't come from a place of desperation. You got to be patient. Make sure that people feel valued. Um, make sure that you're happy with, you know, where you're at, what you're doing. Play out a lot. Like I still... It's been a minute since I played a solo show, but I still love doing that. Mm-hmm. I play three-hour gigs without a loop pedal. Jeez. Because I love it. <laughs> your little fingers. Bad for your voice. So but, you know, like, it's um, learning how to, like, you know, control a crowd is, is a skill. Just do the damn thing. Like, if, you, if, you're, if you're passionate about it, like, chase that inspiration. I guess if there's one, one piece of advice I can give, when you feel the most inspired... Remember that time. Do everything you can to remember that time because it'll go away. (laughs) It just will. Um, I hope it doesn't. If you're out there, I really hope it doesn't happen to you. But it might. It can happen. So do everything you can to remember that time. Write all the songs you can. Don't get distracted. Get organized um, so that, you know, when you go through the slower seasons in life, like you can not forget that you're still on the right path. I think that's the biggest obstacle that us as creatives face is like the the roadblocks are massive in our mind, but maybe they're not so massive like in reality, you yeah. know? I love that phrasing too. And I think about that a lot um, in my personal growth as well as like my creative growth, this idea that we're on a path, stay true to the path, but you're never off the path. And I think that's a big piece of wisdom that is so helpful because we can feel off track. We can feel lost. We can feel like this is where we're supposed to be and we're way over here. 
you know, but it's like being over there is actually a part of your path. It is. You're going to learn something over there and it's what you need to learn and hard things are going to happen. You're going to be challenged. It's inevitable being an independent artist, especially you're doing a very hard thing, whether it's music or not, no one's telling you how to do it. Like that record label guy is like, you're asking the million dollar question, but a lot of other people in life, when it's not creative, there kind of is a rule book, you know, it's like, Oh, if you study this and you get this job and you can do this, these things are going to work out. But then even with those people, they don't tell you how to do that for your personal growth and your personal development. There's no rule book guidebook, um, that says this is how, you know, to be happy and be a good person. You know, you have to figure that out on yourself, all yourself. And that's what you figure out on the path is you're constantly figuring out and writing your own rule book as you go along. And then you meet people like Andrew Barrick and you say, Hey, what do you have in your rule book? Can we compare notes real quick? Um, and not do it alone. And remember that you can get inspiration and wisdom and perspective from working with other people and talking with other people and not ever doing it alone and know that like if you're zoomed in on this one part of your path where there's a boulder in the way and you feel like just so stuck there that if you zoom out there's ways around the boulder and there's like millions of other people around also trying to get past the boulder. And then it's like, Hey, if, if I talk to that guy over there, that's, you know, and I can show him this, then we can both get past, I'm hitting my microphone cause I'm getting so passionate. We can both get past the boulder. You know what I mean? And keep going on the path. Yeah. I, I love having, you know, these kinds of conversations are great. Um, I love networking. I love, you know, hearing other people's, um, stories and, you know, what got them past something, but yeah, just, I don't know. You got to listen to yourself and like the in seasons album that I wrote, like I, I, I love the concept and I always will, because like that came from like when I moved back to San Diego from LA and, you know, I left everyone in the community and I wasn't playing shows and I, I didn't play music for like eight months or something like that, nine months. And I was like, dang, like what's wrong? Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then I was introduced to that concept. Out came, you know, this theme that's stuck around that like I love when people, you know, I'll, I'll be like, man, you know, maybe I'm having a bad week or year or month or whatever. But, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the whole, whole year has been off, um, <laughs> you know, and they'll just be like, oh yeah, I guess it must be a season. And I'm like, oh, you son of a gun. Yeah. Like, you know, like you're throwing it back in my face, yeah. but I appreciate it. Like, yeah. because they get it, they resonate with it. They understand it and they know the importance of that. Like, yeah, it's, it's that level of, you know, just, I don't know, knowing things will get better and change is inevitable the only thing certain is change word andrew barrick i want to know where you just released this ep i want to know what's next what's on the horizon for you um if people are listening to this what can they stay tuned for look forward to where's your path headed right now so I'm about to go on like a 30 city tour. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> no, how many states? <laughs> um, so the man on the move EP that came out is the first of three to be put out this year. 
so we have nine songs for this project um and i wanted to kind of throw myself back in the music world with with this and you know as we're talking about it's like maybe i wasn't the most prepared to release the music but i knew it was something that i needed to do to like if I didn't release the music, maybe we wouldn't be having this podcast yeah. right now. I'm like, this has been lovely, yeah. you know? So I just like, I needed to do that for myself. Um, and we'll have another EP in, you know, three to four months. And then another one in about three to four months after that, in the middle of that, um, there might be a remix coming out mm. in the next few Spicy. months, which is cool. 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 Uh, have you done a remix before? No. Oh, okay. Baby's um, first remix. Very excited. <laughs> very excited. And couple collaboration songs um and then trying to play more shows because the album release show was just so fun and i want to chase that feeling and i want to put the reps in um with the band because mm -hmm. i feel like it was a great show but i've pulled myself back from that and being like that was great now let's do that 150 times more and know mm -hmm. that every show is not going to be the best show but when we're closer to that 150 mark you know, if my bandmates are listening to this, hey, don't worry, we'll talk about it in rehearsal. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to put the reps in to, like, be seasoned, to, to get to the, like, you know, the North Park Observatory in San Diego. Like, you mm -hmm. don't see those. That's not the 10th show that band has played. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. they've had to put in the reps before sure. they got there. And, like, I think I'm ready to put in the reps, you that's know. That's awesome. Um, more music, uh, talking about doing a music video as well, which will be my first official music video. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of firsts. A lot of firsts. But, you know, it's about time. A lot of firsts for someone that's been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, you know, you got to find out what standard you hold yourself to and then realize what do you need to do to get to that point? You know, what room do you want to be in? And, like if everyone else in that room is putting out music videos and has cool merch and like all those things, like, is that something that you need to do to be able to hang or more so prove yourself? Like, yeah, you can hang with them. And it's not like, Oh, so like you play music and it's like, yeah, yeah. I just put some music out. It's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, you mm -hmm. gotta like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this because mm -hmm. that's what they do, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So you gotta, you gotta be up there with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, commit to it, you know, and take it seriously and put in the energy and the passion that lives inside of you for it. Yeah. You know, you got to move that, <laughs> got to move it out, do something Gotta with stay it. moving, man on the move. Man on the that's move. A, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, it's almost the can't stop, won't stop mentality, but yeah. it's also learning to adapt and understanding what you find is true to yourself keeping that and then going forward with intention and persistence and the other good stuff. I think I could live off of that piece of wisdom alone and be okay. You know, that's really the true essence of living life. I think you captured it very well. Um, and a beautiful note to end on if you don't have anything else that you want to share. I'll share one more thing. Great. Hannah Bowers makes a great avocado toast. Thank you. Um, it was waiting for me when I showed up today. Yep. It was delicious. Um, she's an amazing host. And uh, thank you so much for having me here. Pal community is amazing. I'm very happy that this kind of was a spontaneous little... Uh, very last minute. Very last we minute. We planned this yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great, yeah. Great, great. Although it's been, you know, years in the making yeah. at the same time. We planted the seed many years ago. 
yeah. many years ago. Well, listeners, if you're in San Diego, <laughs> in the Southern California area, go check out Andrew Barrick at a live show. See him live. That live show that you played, the pictures and the videos that I saw, that looked so dope. It was a lot of fun. I I wish I was there. I highly recommend playing at a venue that gives you like an opportunity to go past the, you know, the monitors Mm. a little more into Mm -hmm. the crowd. Yeah. I saw you pushing the limits there, getting out there. The people loved it. Oh, yeah. It was fun. Amazing. I almost crowd surfed, but then I realized I'd be on top of like friends and family and maybe that wasn't the best move. Yeah. The man, man on the move. Um, maybe the next show. Maybe when you get your reps in. Yeah. And they get their reps in. You yes, know, as an exactly. audience. Yes. Holding up the crowd surfer. Yes. They got I'll, it. I'll make it a team a effort. You do your thing. They do their thing. Ideal world. That's it's the all idea. It's, it's all related. The theme. We're back to it. Okay. Um. Thank you, Andrew. This was a bomb conversation. Um. Almost as bomb as that avocado toast. Mm, so good. So good. Gonna make more of that. Um, thank you everybody for listening and go stream Andrew Barrick's new EP, Man on the Move. See you later. Bye friends. Bye. So what a cool dude. Am I right? We had so much fun recording this episode and I think you could feel it. I definitely encourage you to take a listen to his new EP, shoot him a message just to say hi and just make a new friend because he is such a nice guy. So open to making creative connections. I am very stoked to have this first episode of the year out and excited to be sharing so much more this year in the form of podcasts, in the form of my YouTube channel, in the form of so many other creative projects and things that we got going on. Which brings me to another update for my Los Angeles-based pals. I have begun hosting a monthly co-working event for creatives on the first Wednesday of every month at Village Well Books and Coffee in Culver City from 6 to 8 p.m. And you are all invited. We have done a few of these before and I am very happy to be committing to a regular, supportive, and inspiring space for the creative community that is the PAL community and lucky to have the support of Village Well in opening up their venue for us to do that in. So good vibes all around. The event is after the store closes, so we have it all to ourselves, which is very neat. The bar is gonna be open for your coffee and tea needs, and really awesome people show up there that are looking forward to connecting with other creative people like yourself. Maybe it's you. It's a space to collaborate, to just have conversation and share comments experiences of being creative or just to come and work on your projects and be held accountable or receive feedback if you need that. So you can kind of use it however you want to. For me, this is the exact kind of space and resource that I want to provide for creative people. I am also considering hosting a virtual space for this as well. So if that interests you, please let me know. And if there's a good amount of interest, I will definitely, definitely set that up because I am here for whatever you all need to feel supported in your growth. What is that that you need? Let me know. Let's see what I can do. Let's see what we can do together. What can we create? That being said, you can DM us at the pal community whenever. Let us know what you're working on. Let us know how we can help you. And we are here for that. Also, one last reminder that we are partners with the skate and apparel company, the Geometro Party. So if you want sweet deals on a new skateboard, I'm talking like full board setup or discounts to update your wardrobe with 
really cool designs, very colorful, very fun, very rebellious. From an LA small business trying to spread good vibes into the world, head to geo-skate.shop slash pal community and use the code pal community to snag a sweet deal so thank you all for listening for being yourselves and i look forward to all that is in store this year i'll talk to you later my friends peace out